Welcome to Funding the Dream, a Game Whisper podcast for Kickstarters. I'm Richard Bliss, the Game Whisperer and the host of the show. Thank you for joining me. And a special thanks goes out. This is episode 47. A special thanks goes out to Martin D567, Roy Zemblica, Tom Haynes, Jeremy Commandeur, GWM28, Michael Keller, Robert Harrington, Stephen S. Long, Robert Burke, and Amanda. Those were backers of my Kickstarter Funding the Dream project. Thank you very much for backing me. Hey, and also uh, this week I will be at PAX. Kickstarter has invited me with several other people to come and speak. Be sure to come to thegamewhisperer.com, www.thegamewhisperer.com to watch live from my website as we talk about Kickstarter. This episode is a special episode. My guest, well, we're going to talk about the spectacular success that we're seeing in the video game space, and I have invited Brian Fargo, who is the founder of InXile Entertainment and the creative genius behind the latest uh, Kickstarter phenomenon called Wasteland 2. Brian, thanks for being on the show. Oh, thanks for having me on. Well, uh, it's been kind of crazy the last couple of weeks, hasn't it? It's been the best crazy two weeks of my life. Uh, uh, in many ways, I feel like it's been the high water mark of my career. Wow. And uh, it's kind of like uh, you and I were talking just briefly uh, earlier. It's kind of like a Rip Van Winkle thing because a month ago, or let's say six weeks ago before the, the double fine, this wasn't even on your, your horizon, was it? No, no, quite the opposite. I mean, I, you, know, I, you know, Wasteland was a project that I was out. I mean, I've been wanting to do a sequel for 20 years and I've been pitching it for 10 I had just finally put it away in the drawer about two weeks prior to the Kickstarter and just said, I guess this isn't going to happen. And then lo and behold. Lo and behold, it happened. We had, uh, we had the double fine. Up and going into 2012, Kickstarter, which just is about to enter its third year of life, had never had a million-dollar project. And then they had two in one day, double fine being the one that got all the news with $3.3 million. And now along comes Wasteland 2 right behind it and almost literally overnight – well, first of all, you set a record by asking for the most amount of money and successfully funding of any Kickstarter, right? Uh, that, that's correct. It, was, it wasn't a record that I was trying to set, but it was just a, a set of uh, circumstances with that we just needed that much money at a minimum to uh, do justice for a deal. And that much money that we're talking about, if, for those of you who are listening who haven't uh, been paying attention uh, – Brian asked for basically you asked for nine hundred thousand dollars, although you needed a million, and you were willing to put up a hundred thousand dollars of your own money to make that happen, weren't you? Well, that's correct. That's correct. I mean, I've been I've been wanting to make this thing happen for a long time. So a uh, million dollars. You asked for a million dollars on Kickstarter, nine hundred thousand, and uh, how long did it take you to raise a million dollars? Uh, what was it? I think it was forty three hours or something like that. <laughs> it, it was just incredible. Just to, just to sort of, I mean. It was like a like the best telethon you ever went to. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay, heck, turn off the phones. We got the money. At at some point, Brian, what's going on? What uh, what happened six eight weeks ago, where the world was in one position of thinking, and suddenly today, because you're not alone, there are how many people you think are sitting out there saying and then doing the same thing, pulling out that drawer of some unused intellectual property that's been sitting there languishing. Uh, what what new world are we entering? Yeah, well, I'm I'm hoping it, it I'm hoping it, it is a brand new exciting world that we're going into. I mean, it, it it's clearly tapped into a lot of different things. I mean, it it's tapped into some frustrations. You know, there there are fans out there that that like a particular game or a particular genre of game that just aren't being addressed by the publishers. And so, you know, for me, I would I would hear from the fans, you know, that they wanted a product, 
I wanted to make the product. And then you either had a publisher or a retailer as a barrier in between that happening. So now with, uh, with digital distribution, be it iTunes or Steam, for example, uh, and now with uh, fan funding, you've removed both of those barriers. So it, it does have the chance to really shake it up a bit. It's eerily similar to what we saw the music industry go through, isn't it? Uh, I think so. I think so in many ways. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, that, that direct relationship with the fan. And, and, you know, as I was saying at one point earlier, that, that you know, th- this is RPGs, but there'll be other people that make another kind of product that could be more niche. But it might just be that, you know, they have 10,000 fans around the world and that supports a nice, nice little um, lifestyle for them. Uh, yeah, we, uh, it's almost the de- democratization of this, where the fans get to vote with their wa- pocketbooks, and and it's not necessarily you could say that we had that before because you went and bought things, but now they actually get to decide what they can buy. Yeah, it's a more pure experience, and and for me, you know, I, on one level, it's more pressure than ever before, right? Because it's like you know, it's like you're staring them right in the face, and they're telling Brian, you know, we're 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 behind you. Please deliver for us, right? Yeah, don't and so, screw this up. Yeah, do not screw this up. And you know, and, and they've said it in, 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 in harsher words than that, right? You know, uh, so some from that perspective, there's more pressure. But on the other hand, I'm getting more direct feedback. So because in the past, you know, I would have to rely wholly on my instincts as to what they might like, right? So now, from a broad strokes perspective, they're giving me very direct input of what they like to see us spend our efforts on, and so. Uh, I'm not in a go to a position where I'm going to uh, go against the majority on something that they don't want to see, right? And that's okay with me. That doesn't limit my creativity. It's just that uh, it's just I've got some clear direction on what the vision of the product's going to be. And I've always had vision documents for all my games, right? But the, but I would usually work with the producer. We'd create a vision document, and, and we'd think we'd hope that we were hitting the right thing. So we still have the same vision document, but the way we get to it is different. So talk about that frustration. This is a, you. You think that this is tapping into some kind of frustration. What was that frustration? Well, I mean, I mean, I, for, I think for, for for there's a couple of frustrations. One is that there are genres that are not being uh, serviced, or, or they're being serviced, and they felt like in in my case they were being dumbed down. Right? They wanted a classic, old school role playing game on PC, which means there's a keyboard. And it means there's probably more reading than you would have. You know, there, there's a literary vibe to that classic game. There's also uh, the cause and effect is very high. Uh, we don't try to uh, cast morality on what they do in these games. It's play it the way you want. And so they felt like that wasn't being serviced, and they felt like they were being talked down to, I think. So there was some frustration there. And there was also a frustration with the uh, kind of this concept as it went towards this DLC or downloadable content, which... Publishers are, you know, at launch, they have a game and it's an extra $10 for this or $5 for that. Well, you know, their feeling was, you know, you've made the content, now put it in the game. Don't hold stuff back and try to charge extra for it, right? And so that is something that that they were very frustrated with and and something we would not do and the way it never used to be done. So it's tapping into all of that. Why? Why weren't the companies addressing this the the, uh, the now it seems obvious in hindsight right double fine wasteland it seems f- obvious that tens of thousands of people are lining up to give money to projects that they believe in why were the publishers missing it mm. well you know I, in my video I, I i made fun of the uh the pitching of my product uh the sad part about that is that everything i put in that video pretty much happened right 
uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, there's a, there, there can just be this disconnect. I mean, there, there, there's this, you know, the, the big plays are being made by the, the large products, right? You know, the Call of Duties of the world. And so, you know, for these companies with these huge infrastructures, uh, if, if it's not going to be a billion dollar franchise, they just don't want to hear about it, right? And so, um, it just it just doesn't support their organization, so uh, it has no interest to them. So there might be interest on an intellectual or a, a creative side point, but the finance guys or the financial needs are saying we just can't support this, even though we like it, we can't support it. Some of that, and others, they just didn't get it. I mean, I, I would go and and there, you know, I, I would say, you know, I would try to say, well, first there was wasteland, and I couldn't get the rights, and we do Fallout. Right now, I've got the team of both products together. You know, to work on it, and they would look at me like, "What do you, what am I talking about?" You know, and I'd start backing down. Well, have you heard of this? Have you heard of that? Right. I mean, and if, have you heard of Interplay? That was my company. No, you know, so it, they hadn't even heard of the company that made the games. I, you know, I knew <laughs> I was uphill at that point. True. So that brings us to the topic that I actually invited you, and you so generously uh, agreed to come on the show for, and that is this idea that to get past these gatekeepers and the big publishers that don't get it, you've kind of launched a campaign, an idea to kind of take the success and now to cultivate even more success with a project that you call Kick It Forward. Yeah, you know, I was so excited at the fact that I, I was getting to do what I wanted to do again, that I thought, and, 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 and the people were excited. To, I mean, not only were they, were, they, were they funding us and giving us money, but there was this incredible vibe, positive vibe and encouragement at the same time. And 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 people wanted to see something different happen. So I thought, how can I help move this to the next level, perpetuate it, right? And so, and this is such a wonderful system that I wanted to encourage other people to say, well, once you've once you've gotten your money from the fans and you've made the game and you've delivered and everything's got what they wanted, how about now you agree to give away a part of your profits to other Kickstarters? Uh, down the road, so because that because you what you want is you want new money coming back into this economy because you know, there's always going to be some story about some guy that made a product and it didn't work and you know they're dissatisfied right not, not everything's going to come up roses so we don't want it to stop from one bad thing happening right so this to me forces money to keep coming in to help that next guy because you know you take a, take an example of the guy that made Minecraft right he was a an independent and and he. He just uh, he he made this game with just him or a couple of guys. It was not a big team, right? And he just they did eighty million dollars in revenues over the last couple of years. Okay, and a lot of it was profit, right? It was just sold directly to consumer. So let's call. I mean, I, I bet seventy of the eighty was profit. Probably it's like seventy nine of the eighty. If that guy was kicking back, you know, five percent of those profits back into the Kickstarter community, that would be huge, right? And so, so who knows what that next Minecraft, where is it going to come from? Who's it going to come from? You know, what, what if Wasteland 2 sells a million copies? I'm happy to fund that money back in a Kickstarter because there'll be some other guy that comes along that has his big success that will kick it back in. So it, it'll perpetuate an economy of, of this, this relationship that we all want to see happen. So where are we with this project? Uh, if somebody's interested in participating, a Kickstarter project, uh, what, and, this, and this doesn't apply necessarily just to the video games. I mean, this could be board games, yeah, yeah, film, absolutely. music. Absolutely. So where are they? How does somebody then say, "Okay, Brian, you've sold me. Uh, where do I sign up?" Well, here's the best part. Okay, so we, we have we have an, a website, kickingitforward.org. We already have twelve companies that have signed up, just in the last two days. Okay. 
And uh, you basically go there, and, and look, it's 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 all on the honor system here, right? We're not, you know, no, I, I don't have the time or the energy, nor would I even think it would work to go uh, audit people's books and make sure they complied and, and see what their profits were and tell them where to put the monies, right? It's all an honor system, just like Kickstarter is an honor system at the end of the day. And so you basically make a pledge that you know you're going to put some artwork on your uh, on your Kickstarter, saying that we're part of the program, and when we do, when we're successful, we're going to go ahead and do it. And you know what's encouraging is I think there's two, maybe three companies that put their project on the um, Kicking It Forward website that are already funded. So they're not like not, it's not like they're trying to use it as a as a vehicle to get publicity. They're stepping up, saying we're already funded. We're already going to give away the profits, guaranteed. I'm looking at it right now, uh, and I can and I recognize several of these. Um, you know, some of them are games. There's a, looks like some music uh, and board games. You've got some uh, video games. So across across the board, uh, great idea. Yes, great and, idea. and it appears to uh, to be working. So and and so and I'm sure some big guys will sign up and. So it's uh, yeah, I'm 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 really happy with it. So for those who are listening, that's kickingitforward.org. And if you have a Kickstarter project that has already succeeded or is about to go live or is currently live, uh, you can go out there and it has a contact button. They can sign up. Uh, that that's uh, that's a very a very cool thing that allows that money to come back in. Uh, what do you think? What do you, what do you think? Um, coming into two thousand. 12, not a single million dollar project. Now we've got a bunch of them. What's the future hold um, for this? Where do you think we're going to go in the next 12 months? What, you're in the middle of it right now of a, of a, of a tornado, so to speak. Where do you think it's going to go? Is it, is it, are we seeing a bubble? People have talked about the Kickstarter bubble or Kickstarter fatigue. Well, I think it's, I think it's a little too early to be called a bubble. I mean, most people haven't even heard of it until just recently, right? Uh, I think that there's not going to be a lot of projects that fund over a million dollars. I think that it's going to take some time for that to be built up. But there are other big names in the industry. I mean, I'm sure that if Sid Meier, who's a big guy in our industry, I'm sure if he went out and did it, he could probably do a million dollars. So it's just a smaller group. But But that will grow. But, you know, I didn't get my first project I ever made. I didn't get to start with a million dollars. Right. So. Right, so 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 either will they these other people for the most part, but they will fifty hundred thousand. There's a lot of smaller companies that I've never heard of before that are funding at fifty to a hundred thousand dollars because they're doing the right mix of finding a hole in the marketplace, or their or the presentation materials are beautiful, or their videos compelling, whatever the case may be. It's working, so I think it will continue to work. And again, if if, if people start kicking the profits uh, percentage of profits back in, it's going to do. Nothing but help make sure to ensure the success of this kind of model. Well, this is great. Uh, I certainly appreciate you taking some time. We've been talking to Brian Fargo, uh, CEO of um, In Exile. In Exile Entertainment. It's and that you spell that I N X I L E. Yeah, that was a, that was that was a take when I was I was uh, I was I was at a I was at a larger publisher at one at one point, and I. Uh, I quit that company and I went and I became leader in exile. Leader in exile. I saw that as your title. Uh, <laughs> Brian, do you think, uh, so you've talked about it, I know you do, uh, this idea that uh, Kickstarter is going to be this lure from these large game companies, not that they're going to try to do a Kickstarter project, but their employees are going to try to do a Kickstarter project. That's my feeling because, you know, I mean, look, there are some publishers that are, that are, that are you know, I'm sure 
find a workout. But 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 I know that the way developers are treated by publishers is not so great. Uh, um, ex- certainly to the external side, and a lot of the times to the internal side. And but you know, people are so passionate about making games; they give up so much. You know, they give up uh, a family life and 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 stability, and you know, so uh, they, they you know they want they want to be treated well. And so, if they can find a way to carve out a niche for themselves and 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 still do what they want, they're going to do it. Okay, thank you, thank you so much for uh, being on the show with us. Well, good. I appreciate you having me on. You've been listening to Funding the Dream, a Game Whisperer podcast for Kickstarters. Our guest has been Brian Fargo, leader in exile from Exile in Exile Entertainment with the project Wasteland 2 that is, uh, as we would say, tearing up the charts. And uh, mm-hmm. at one point, I think you guys are at 1.6 closing in and doing very well. So if you get a chance, you can follow Brian on Twitter at Brian Fargo is his uh, Twitter handle and he is here talking about kicking it forward, the idea of successful Kickstarter projects taking parts of their profits and turning around as those projects become successful, reinvesting and funding back into new Kickstarter projects. Brian has jo- joined us from Newport Beach. So, Brian, thanks again. Yeah, thank you. You've been listening to Funding the Dream, and now hopefully you've been inspired to go pursue your own dream. We'll look for it on Kickstarter so that we can back and help you fund your own dream. Thanks for listening. Take care.